152 yards. Should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. All right, Kev, big week, big week. Back for a major. Very excited to get uh, to the podcast tonight. I know we have a, uh, a special guest, a returning guest on later to assist us in our, our U.S. Open coverage and to um, you know play a little game that you may see online in a meme. Um, but before we get to all that, what's up, man? I know we had a long weekend on the Cape, got some sun, hung out a little bit. How are you feeling? You ready to go right now? Yeah, I feel good. Um, yep, fun weekend on the Cape. Spent some some nice time on the beach. I think, as I said, um, I think I said this after our day on Saturday, but my it's been a little while. I'm a little out of practice from applying the sunscreen, but my my strategy and not putting my sunscreen on my back because I was laying on my back did not quite pan out as foolproof as I had thought or hoped. Uh, but that's all right. We survived and um and we're back now. Yeah, as I said, you know, as we were talking a little bit previously, a little a little tired, a little drained, but but we're still here and excited for sure for uh third major of the year. Uh and this is one of my personal favorites as well, you know. Get um get it back on US soil here, you know. And um I love the open championship as well, but this is sort of the last sort of chance for us to see, you know, a good United States course and and particularly one this week that we we don't get a chance to really see and, and have not seen very much. So it'll be interesting to see um, how that looks and how it plays. Yeah. Uh, outside of the, uh, the Masters, which is just on its own level, the U.S. Open for me is like by far my second favorite uh, event of the year because my personal preference is always to see these guys on the toughest courses that they can find. Like I, I love when, when bogeys are made and are in play. Um, I just think it separates the cream from the crop and, and usually, you know, your top guys are coming out and are playing down the stretch together. And that's, that's must watch TV. And I think we're going to get something like that um, th this weekend, hopefully. Um, but before we get to the pros, I need to touch on an amateur. That's myself. Uh, I had an interesting uh, golf experience this weekend on the Cape that I have to share with, with our audience that I know I, I told you, but yeah, when we got there, I wanted to play a quick round. So I went to a great, great course called Bass River. Beautiful everything. Um, but the whole experience started off a little weird. Like I tried to call and just make a tee time like you do at every every course. And obviously, as everybody knows, you know, you pick a time and you just play at that time, period. You don't really, you know, you don't get there and get to match up with whoever. You, you play at the time slot that you hold and, and there's not much thought going into it. Um, I call. And, and I want say a one thirty, and the lady on the phone goes, um, yeah, that's like a big money game with some real players. So I don't know if we can fit you in that one. And, and first of all, like, you know, my, my pride aside, because like, I, I don't know if I'm good enough to play in a big time game, but I will absolutely throw down money with those guys. Like I'll just, there's no way I wouldn't gamble. That's one of my favorite things to do on the golf course. Um, but anyway, they, so we eventually just settled that I'm going to come and just warm up on the putting green and the starter was going to sort me out into an appropriate group. So as we, that's a first for me. And I don't know like how my putting green warm up is going to, you know, place me in terms of skill, but however they want to do it, that's how it had to be done. Not a big deal. So I get, I get put in a group and this is apparently how the starter saw my skill level with three, uh, rising high school seniors, so juniors that are about to become seniors next year, um, that are all buddies that are out there, you know, hanging out. So 
not not great players, but you know, fun to play with. It was good to to be with some some young guys for once. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever really played with anybody younger than me because you just get you know usually an older crowd. Um, but anyway, we we start playing and we get to the sixth hole, and one of them comes up to me, and this is like when you know you're starting to get a little old, is when he he goes and obviously you know being in high school underage. Um, I don't want to narc on these cl- these clowns, but. He goes, do you care if we like drink on the golf course? We just sort of like snuck some, some alcohol on. And I'm obviously like, first of all, again, like just embarrassed to have to be asked that question. I don't know what vibe I was giving off, but um, I obviously uh, allow that because, you know, I'm the father of the group. And then my favorite moment is when they say, Hey, like, you know, do you want a nip? Like we brought nips. And I was like, uh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm all right. But anyway, let me just see what you got. And it threw me back to, you know, when I was that age or, or, you know, just getting into college, Rubinoff vodka, which, which I don't know what it is in a nip, but in a handle in college, we're talking like $11, which doesn't really speak to the quality. Um, but yeah, just an interesting, interesting assessment of my personality, not only from a golf perspective, but from a just where where I fit in 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 the timeline of life made me made me question a lot. Um, and yeah, hopefully an experience that I don't have to relive um, and try out for my my next tea time. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great story. I I don't think I've been in a situation yet where anyone has ever asked me if they can drink. Um, which is just so I think I would be so taken aback yeah. by the question. Like I'm just unprepared for like, that. What am I gonna do? Of... What am I gonna do? <laughs> unprepared for that line of questioning. I just don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what I would say or do. But but that's great. Yeah, that actually. Um, you told me that story a couple of days ago when we were uh, down out of the Cape, and um, I didn't think of this then, but I just now it reminds me of kind of similar kind of story. But I I luckily had an out so. Uh, this was a few years back. I was still living down in New Jersey and I was lucky enough. My, my roommate had, uh, his family had season tickets to the Yankees, like right behind home plate. So I was fortunate enough to go to, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of games that have great seats when, uh, he was nice enough to invite me. So anyway, we were on our way to a game. So riding the subway with, uh, myself, he, um, myself, him, and one of his friends from, from home. And uh, yeah, these high school kids, um, I think they were in high school, were, were on the subway with us and kind of sitting next to us. They have like, you know, the patented Poland spring water bottle with like yeah, some, some like neon colored drink in it. That's obviously just, you know, and they're just like talk, you know, talking a lot, which is fine. Like if we had a short subway or whatever, but they start just going off about like, oh, they're like, you guys. They're like, I bet these guys have like great seats. And we're like, we're like, yeah, yeah, yep. I guess, man. I don't know. And then and then one of them starts going into like they're they're like talking to each other up about like their their like high school basketball stats. And at that point, I'm just I'm like, dude, please do not tell me anything about like what I do not want to hear about that. And then me, I remember talking to my friend and I'm like, the, the you know, the next question is gonna be can you guys buy us alcohol when we get inside and we're like we got to get the fuck like we got to be out of here before that happens luckily like i said we could just get off the train and kind of ran away from them but (laughs) but yeah kind of interesting when i think it's easy to forget what times were like back then just like trying to get alcohol and and struggle that was pre-21 which i I, I miss the, the thrill of it a little bit, but I think it's kind of hard to imagine myself back there now that doesn't feel like I'm so far removed. 
Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's it's like so later on in the round, these guys were just getting silly because you know they're they're young and attempting to drink and can't do it. Um, and I'm getting like I'm getting sort of annoyed because I'm like fuck, like I'm just trying to finish out here. Like, can we go? Like, we you know we're dragging on and they're hitting the ball everywhere and whatever. And then I realized, like, dude, you were that same shithead like half your life ago. Unfortunately, now, but. That was you. So like, what are you getting mad about? Like there, that's literally how you're supposed to act. And I, you know, was able to sort of keep my composure and finish out, but yeah, man, like nothing will just like put your, put your shit in perspective as when a, you're, you're literally twice the age of these guys now. And B when, when you're now considered like the gatekeeper for fun, like they, they need to like get your permission to, to have fun um, in, in a way that's, that's fun for them. And yeah, that's, that's tough. It's tough, dude. Right. Um, what What about last weekend? Did you watch any? Oh, I know you watched on Sunday because you were texting me. But crazy finish, right? I unfortunately did not get to see it the RBC, but uh, I saw I saw the highlights of the gameplay and also the highlights of people getting tackled on the 18th green. So yes. all all good stuff. Yeah, ridiculously uh, big ratings for that, and rightfully so. Like, yeah, I watched pretty much the whole round. Definitely the back nine, pretty much shot for shot, um, and definitely the playoff. Um, was rooting for. F- I know, I know, like Taylor in Canada was like a great story, and that was fun too. But like, oh man, I want Tommy Fleetwood to get like this this proverbial monkey off his back so bad, and like just win on the PGA Tour. And dude had a big chance. Like, so the 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 par five. A uh, 18th that was played like five times in the last hour of coverage is a weird par five where dudes are playing like short, almost not, not short iron, but like mid iron off the tee into the fairway. And then three wood up to this like green with a, a bunch of thick rough and some stands. Um, and yeah, because they're taking iron off the tee, uh, you know, Fleetwood steps, steps to that with um, they were tied. So they were tied obviously because he ends up making par, but so he just has to put an iron into a fairway that's super wide. And like, you think Fleetwood, like one of the great ball strikers in the world, like doesn't do it, like flares it outright, lays up in a controversial fashion um, on his second shot, which is much debated in, in these internet streets about whether he should have gone to it. Um, Dan Rappaport, who I think is super annoying, got uh, confronted by his caddy this morning on foreplay who was like, dude, you're, you're not, you, you were tweeting about it from a wedding. Like you could you just come do this if you, if you knew how to do it. Um, but then Fleetwood plays his, his layup back into the rough as well. And is suddenly giving himself like now like a, a sure par for sure. And like a chance to win is now dramatic because now he's about to just lose in regulation, but he makes a great uh, up and down pretty long putt to force that playoff. And then yeah, to see it end in like a 70 footer, is just another exhilarating ending followed by, um, you know, the best form tackle of this young football season on Adam Hadwin, who was trying to rush the green, like so, so good. Like all the golfers were laughing about it. Like it was great on Twitter to see like all their comments. And then he obviously like tweets out like the greatest photo in the world where you could see just the security guard putting his shoulder into this dude's stomach and uh, Taylor celebrating in the background it was so good. It was a great, literally just a great, objectively entertaining hour of television. Never mind for golf fans, but this was like great to watch. My wife loved it. I know my father-in-law was texting me about it. Like dudes that don't watch golf for watching golf because it was cool. Finally. Yeah. I think that's the, 
that's always the goal. And unfortunately, the the PGA Tour only really seems to hit there a small number of times per year, but it's always good to see when they do. Yeah, I was watching earlier on Sunday and to see some of the, uh, they had like a sort of a hole that was kind of, you know, like mini, not quite um, Scottsdale, but it was, uh, they had like fans sort of surrounding oh, yeah, it. Yeah, they were getting yeah. like kind of loud and rowdy. And when the Canadian guys would come through, they would sing the national anthem. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the ending was great. Again, I did not watch live, but I saw all the videos afterwards. I mean, the, the tackle of Hadwin was just like great form and like bang, 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 bang play. Like that's right. That guy, he, he, he did not have long and, and he got stood up. Like his, his feet were off the ground very quick and all the different angles, like to see it from like, they had an angle that looked like you were almost like him running on the ground. Yes. If you're looking like from the camera, which yeah. is great. The swim move the security guard pulled on the celebrating Nick Taylor and Caddy like like blocker there was like, you know, that was like NFL level stuff like, you know, good closing speed wrapped up like secured the tackle didn't go for the huge hit. Yeah, it was good to see great. It was Yeah, we got a little bit of everything. Yeah. And as you said, I I really do. I felt for Tommy a lot because I, I would like to see him get his first PGA Tour win as well. But um, and again, I didn't watch live, but some some of the consensus or the opinions that I heard from from other people was that, um, especially on like that last hole where he ended up forcing the playoff, kind of just not really going for it in the way that you know they felt like he should have. Again, like it's his call, and and he ends up making a great par save. But I don't know. Just um, I. I have some thoughts heading into this week on him. I just feel like it's like getting to the point now where it's starting to weigh on him. And um, I don't know. I hope, I hope he can get the monkey off his back at some point soon here, but we'll see. Yeah. It's like, it's like, he's too nice a guy to like, to win. It's, it's weird. Like this was, so for me, like if Tommy Fleetwood, like, like I said, again, one of the elite elite ball strikers doesn't think he can play a shot to the green. Like, I pretty much trust that Tommy Fleetwood can't do that. But then the, for me, like the egregious, egregious mistake is, yeah, he plays his layup shot um, again into like a side lie with the rough. That was just a weird, like that felt like the pressure moment to me, like sort of a flaring the tee shot off, right? Like, you know, on the 18th, day, just meaning to hit like a conservative tee shot. And then you needed to hit a conservative layup. Like those felt like nervy shots. And it's just, like I said, you you want to see him win, but now it's starting to get tougher and tougher to believe that he's somebody who can, um, you know, come back from down one with a few holes to go or hold, like like close out uh, a tournament leading because it just like hasn't come together despite like, you know, some elite skill, obviously, and wins. Over- you, yeah, he has plenty of worldwide wins, but and but don't you think that just doesn't the the reason why you miss a layup shot like that so badly or the i think the in my mind the only reason why that can happen is i I just think he couldn't have been 100 percent committed to that shot and lingering in the back of his mind he was like you know maybe i should be going for this and i think it's just that little bit of self self self-doubt that again i don't see any other reason why he he kind of messes that shot up there but yeah i don't know tough just um seems like the pressure was sort of heavy on him there and um again unfortunate to see but yeah i wish um i wish i had gotten to see that eagle putt drained live because that's that's a crazy way to finish as well but (laughs) yeah shit was literally tracking as soon as he hit it 
it, it was weird. My last parting thought on Tommy was it was just like, it was frustrating to see him miss that tee shot, like just an inexcusable place. And then whatever, whatever the decision from there happened, but then to watch him pump that same tee shot in, in the exact same spot, three additional times, like in the next 20 minutes after he did it, it was just like, again, like it just felt like a tight, a tight 18th tee shot sort of needing like, you know, needing a birdie to win, but on a hole that had played had played under par was playing easy for him that he, you know, is easily reachable, um, you know, into um, at least being around the green. It's tough to see him not close it out. Um, but yeah, it was, it was sort of like a, you know, the rough I felt was like punishing enough the, the entire week, um, you know, starting on Thursday and Friday, sort of, I was tracking some of those guys to, to see if they, you know, they, they'd survive the the cut for, for my own purposes, but it felt like you could get some sense of how the U S like, you know, like, like a little preview for the U S open with the length of that rough. Um, I saw some great things from, from obviously Fleetwood is there at the end, but another contender going into the U S and we'll go into our full fledged preview, but like Hatton had some crazy, crazy hot rounds um, that, that entire week, like starts off Thursday, like, you know, right on the cut line. I think he played even par, but then, you know, eight under on, on Friday. And then, you know, had really, a, a, I think a birdie, 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 birdie. end uh, on Sunday to sort of get him at one point, the leader in the clubhouse going into, going into the round, he's playing some sharp golf um, the last couple of weeks and months. Yes. Uh, that was, I'm glad you hit on that. Actually, I was going to, that was going to be one of my main points when we started talking about the U S open stuff, but the, you know, the consensus on hand usually is like, once it starts going bad, it's going really bad because he's going to just lose his cool and it's not, he's not gonna be able to get it back. But as you mentioned, I, yeah, I think he was plus one on Thursday. Um, and then he had a cr- crazy round Friday, crazy, crazy round Sunday. If he can just play like at to his baseline on Thursday or Saturday, um, I think he wins that tournament. Um, and then going back a few weeks, if you remember the PGA, I think he started on Thursday. I don't want to get this wrong. I think it was like plus seven on the first day or maybe like six and then battled back to make the cut. I think he went six under on Friday. If you remember what, if you watched in the PGA championship, you'd know how tough uh, that course was playing. So those two Friday rounds in particular for me from him uh, have were incredibly, incredibly impressive and um, had me sort of high on him coming into this week as well. Yeah. It it feels like his, his elite golf or, or like you said, like sort of, I, I don't know. He's not going to go out and shoot like negative eight every single round. I get that. But like his elite golf has been so good that it's just like, yeah, like, almost like Rory like, but not in the same, like not in the same way, like just having a, a higher floor on these off days, you know, and they're either winning or or contending to win these tournaments. Yeah. His elite has been like super elite recently. I felt like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I got, I don't know how we're feeling about the Canadian. I got no uh, additional thoughts. Like I'm pretty just amped to get into the major here. We ready to, uh, ready to go into that. Yep. Good to go. Cool. Cool. Let's, um, so I figured we break this down into let's do the course a little bit and then we'll get into sort of our guest work and that'll be, you know, a, a pretty heavy discussion on the field as, as we'll, we'll get into, um, and then we'll get our picks after that. But the course, like, I'm pretty excited for this. Like, like uh, first of all, having a major on West Coast time, always awesome because we're getting, you know, a prime time finish on the East Coast usually, um, which is pretty sweet. But LA Country Club, um, massive, massive, massive track, like a, a par 70. 
Um, but playing 7,400 yards, which, you know, in, in multiple other tournaments this year has been an easy par 72, um, but, a, but a weird, weird setup. Uh, I know me and you were talking, um, you know, a little bit before we get on, but we're going to have a par three this week that's playing, uh, depending on where they put the flags and the tees between 65 and 120 yards, which to see a 65 yard par three is, is just not like you know you you got to go to your like your local like pitch and putt um but you know like you know we've seen like short par threes that can play super difficult and you're gonna see like um i sort of think of like some of the some of the pebble beach like par threes um but this par three that's going to be playing 65 yards is going to play at like par or maybe over par because it's just, just going to be tough and that i think is you know the theme of every u.s open um and i know this one is not going to be one of the ultra tests like say a carnoustie or or um, Shinnecock was back in the day. Um, but this one's going to be tough in, in, like I said, sort of a weird way. So what, what I've been reading is, is unlike, you know, your typical U.S. Opens, we're not getting narrow fairways that are tough to hit. We're, we're getting ridiculously wide fairways, um, but sort of weird hole setups where, um, you know, you can't just sort of bomb it anywhere. Like you have to be on the right, the correct side of the fairway. Fairways are very undulated. This is going to be a course with a lot of elevation changes and sort of a course where um, every golfer's first shot and second shot are going to have to be sort of played together. Like, like I know, um, you know, I, I guess in the golf world, and I know we've thrown this term around, but we've had some tournaments where, you know, you'd say it's a second shot golf course because, you know, everybody's sort of playing the same length tee shot. And what's going to matter is the approach play. And for me here, you know, from what I'm seeing, I think this is going to be about both. It's going to be a test and, you know, um, you're going to have to hit the ball with the correct shape onto the correct side of the fairway to have anything like an angle. Um, and, you know, if you're, if you're out of position, then it's going to stress, stress your approach game. And that's where the bogeys come into play. But um, yeah, I know that was pretty, pretty long winded, but I'm sure you're seeing the same things. What's your, what's your overall feel? Yeah, some interesting elements to this course. So, yeah, like you said, you mentioned about the wide fairways, but I watched John Rahm's uh, press interview today, and he was talking about how the fairways are um, deceptively wide, and he kind of went into a little bit more detail on that. But you mentioned the undulation, and it's very easy for the balls to to roll off the fairway, even if they are landing there. So just because the fairways are wide doesn't necessarily mean um, they are easy to hit. So I think um, – I think that'll play a factor. A couple other interesting like elements in terms of like course features, which are sort of unique to this course that I've never really personally seen before. Some of the pictures I saw, um, there doesn't seem to be like any first cut. So it goes straight from like fairway to straight rough, which I thought was interesting. And then some of like the fairway bunkers, the way that they have them like mowed or sort of manicured is that like, um, where the ball would enter the bunker on the fairway bunker. So like on the front side, pretty much, it looks like it's like so tightly mowed that like that the ball could just, it would make it so easy for it to roll out in there. And then it just drops off like a, like a cliff into the bunker. Um, and then around like the back sides of the bunker, it's a mix of like patchy rough, uh, like fescue, sand, dirt, it looks like. So just like a lot of variable sort of, um, lies that you can get if you're if you're missing on like that sort of side um which i thought was interesting and then uh also i keep hearing this uh, word baranka i believe it's called which i i didn't know that what that was until this week um but apparently it's like a trench sort of um 
which can have water in it. It can have grass in it. It can have like a mix of like rock and, and sand and gravel. It seems like, it seems like this week it's going to be mostly dried out, but uh, very variable in terms of like the lie that you could get if you're um, hitting in there. So that's another sort of like feature. I think that'll kind of play. This is just like a long trench that kind of runs throughout the golf course and, and comes into um, play in a lot of different holes. So um, I thought, yeah, that was interesting as well. Yeah. I don't know. I, I know. Um, I don't know how many people got like the golf Instagram going on, but I've seen a lot of videos this week where dudes are dropping balls, like in the middle of the fairway, just from a standing position. And the fairway is so firm and so fast and so sloped that the ball is running from, you know, dropped vertical in the middle of the fairway to all the way rolling out into the rough. And that just sort of speaks to like, again, like Ron was saying, like they're big, um, but the, you know, it's going to be cut very tight. So it's very firm. Um, a lot of balls going to run through and then, yeah, uh, with, with the undulation having to hit uh, again, the correct shot shape into the correct side of the fairway, um, always a challenge. And then, yeah, the rough, like, like no, no first cut and then Bermuda for the, for the first time in a long time. And I'm, you know, I don't, I don't know the the different grasses, but from what I've read and, and what I guess the difference is between Bermuda rough and, and other rough um, is that maybe unlike the PGA and unlike a little bit of what you saw this past weekend, you may not see guys like unable to advance the ball, like, you know, hitting the ball like 10 feet out, out of the rough. Um, but what's going to be very difficult out of this rough is um, a judging the, the distance. Like, I, I guess, you know, it, it would be called, we call it in the business, getting a flyer out of the rough, like they're being grass behind the ball, it taking all the spin off and then the ball's going 10 to 15 yards you know, further than the golfer anticipated. Um, and then with that, like the ability to spin the ball and, and keep it on the green is eliminated as well. So where, whereas what you may not get like the penalizing, um, you know, 10 yard advancement just into the fairway, you're going to get guys unable to hold greens and then put themselves in, in a similar predicament um, around the green in, in thicker rough, which is, you know, with, with a shorter swing is way tougher to even, you know, advance the ball at that point. Um, so, you know, while, while there are forgiving qualities to this course, like, I think we're going to get something that resembles a traditional U S open where, you know, we're looking at an above par, um, cut line. We're looking at, uh, you know, a lot of bogeys to, to go with a lot of birdies. Um, and we're looking at a winning score. I know you said that the fan line is like, it's like seven and a half, like negative seven and a half. I, I hope it's lower than that, but even seven and a half, you know, it means, you know, my amateur math here, you're shooting two under only per round. So there, there are going to, there's going to be some volatility here. Um, and yeah, what, what I hope will be a true U S open test. Yeah, I agree. I think anything in single digit part is fine. And I think it's nice like to see, um, I heard, I forget who said this, but one of the golfers who was interviewed as well called it just fun, like a fun experience playing the course. And in that, like, it's not, you're not just getting punched in the teeth for like 18 straight holes. Like you sometimes do at a U.S. open. Um, like there are some opportunities to score, but like you also will be making birdies. And I, I like that aspect of like, you know, uh, um, if you make a bogey or you make a big number on a hole, like double, whatever it happens to be, how are you then responding to that for the rest of your round? Like, like it's okay to make those numbers, but if it starts creeping into the rest of your game and then you're making consecutive bogeys in a row, that's where we see guys um, start to fall apart. And I think, again, we, we mentioned like us open, you know, here more than anyone else, the cream will rise to the top. And I think those guys, 
recover and recover from bad holes better than the rest of the world. So um, yeah, that, that'll be something that I think again, holds true this week. Yeah. This will be fun to watch. I, I know, um, you know, when, when guys are missing out of position, like you're going to get a lot of blind shots, which are going to be fun uh, again, you know, to watch as an objective viewer um, guys are going to have to be very creative on the, around the greens. Like the greens are going to be extremely fast as they always are at this tournament. Um, you know, there's going to be shots that are, that are up, uh, up a ton, down a ton, like, you know, a lot of elevation changes should be good just from a, a viewer's perspective. Um, and, you know, thinking about the field generally, I, I know we'll get into it more specifically in a second, but thinking about the field generally, just at a U.S. Open in general, or, you know, especially a U.S. Open at this type of course, like I'm looking for guys, like it's a, it's a change in strategy, I guess. Um, I, like my, my big thing, gambling and, 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 you know, outrights and thinking about survivor and, and all the, all the different pools that go out is like, I'm so focused this, this week on the floor of a golfer and just like his ability to like avoid big numbers and avoid stretches of, of bogeys just as much as I am as guys that, that I need to see, like make a bunch of birdies. And that's a weird, a weird sort of change up, I think, um, in a U.S. open week. Yeah, I agree for sure. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. We mentioned too, like if, if you, um, aren't really into, if you haven't bet much on golf before, or you haven't really looked at it. This is on this, I would, in my opinion, would be a good week to start as like a major week. Cause we, as, as Ed mentioned, like there's a lot of like specialty sort of one-off, like just fun bets that, that you can, um, just have fun with like betting, betting on the whole one and, and just rooting for different things, um, that you wouldn't normally get on another, uh, week to week. So, so if it was something you were looking to get into, this would be sort of a good week to start, I would say. Cool. All right, man, let's, let's welcome our guest in here. Right. Yes. Welcome back. One of the, one of the great draws in show history. We had this man on to, to preview the masters and to do our, our very famed uh, masters dinner draft. And it's our highest rated, highest rated episode, highest downloaded episode by, by multiples. So we needed a ratings boost going into the U.S. Open, so we we brought him back. Welcome back, Alex, to to the pod. Hey guys, what's going on? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. good to, good to have him back. Um, for the had him for the first major of the year, which yeah was our our biggest success, as you mentioned, Ed. And um, yeah, good to get him back. I think we got a nice little uh, segment planned for tonight. It should spark some uh, some good debate. So so let's jump into it. Yeah, cool. we, we, those <laughs> rating numbers legit that you just said. Legit, all, right. all legit. Is that from the Masters or from me? I'm gonna take the credit. I'll take uh, it. Well, hey, you're the only you're the only common denominator between hopefully what will be our <laughs> our highest rated this week and then and then our second highest rated. Nice. Yeah, we get you. We get you. We get on the big time player for the big time events, and we brought you on tonight to sort of play play a game that would allow us to to give our thoughts on the field. We we just did. Um, the course and got into that and how that that should play and, and who that should favor. But we're going to play a game called change my mind. And I thought of it when I was at work today and I was scrolling uh, Twitter and I saw that, that meme that's like some, some sports take and it's uh it's like photo imposed on this dude sitting at a table at a protest with like a big, a big sign that says like a blank space and then change my mind. So today's I think was like, um, uh, like uh, Jamal Murray should have been MVP or something controversial. And that was going to be his like outrageous take. So I wanted to do that for the U S open. 
and go around and give our hottest takes on this week, whether it comes to who's going to win the course, the field, a golfer in general, and uh, allow the, the remaining two, if they so desire, to talk you out of that take by changing your mind. So that's what I had in mind. And Kev, you start. You go first. Okay. And then uh, and then I want to see where this goes before I know where to draft on my list here. Well, can you guys give me um, like a 10-second uh, synopsis about who the course is supposed to be favoring? 10-second synopsis is that it's going to be the best players in the world. That's right. No. The, cream right. The, crop, the cream of the crop will rise to the top. Um, a lot of bogeys, not many birdies, typical. We just gave the U.S. Well, how the U.S. Open customarily plays out. Um, some interesting facts about the rough, about the uh, barrancas, right? Is that the word? The uh, the dried up dried up streams, and then yeah, how um, how yeah, the the rough like it is uh, in every U.S. Open sort of determines how how that that hole goes. Got it. Okay, so I'm thinking, like, who's best off the tee, who's most accurate off the tee, and then greens and regulation probably going to be the differentiator. Yep. Yep. We talked about the first and sh- second shot sort of being a combo with, uh, you know, net, maybe not missing into super wide fairways that are going to happen this week, but having a terrible angle with a blind shot to a green, um, you know, being being the better challenge. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, when it comes down to it, you need everything. You you need to be good off the tee. You need to be good into the green. And then with the penal rough around the green, you have to be good at, at getting up and down. And, you know, not many players have all four and are not at the top of the betting board. All right. I'm prepped. Let's go. Yeah. I like that. That's a good uh, 10 second synopsis. Cause my first sort of scenario here is going to be directly linked to guys who I think can win this tournament. Uh, and I want to, I want to kind of preface this saying, you know, we, we mentioned it earlier, like these majors and th- this one in particular, like it's true test tee to green of complete game test. So uh, what that does is just thin, you know, it thins the field. Brooks had some comments, you know, years back, which uh, before he went to live uh, and he was in the sort of midst of his run about how, you know, in a field of 150 at an event like this, like there's 20 guys that can, that can win realistically. Uh, and I'm going to go much hotter than that. And I'm going to say, and I want to preface this by saying, I, when I say guys that can win, I think the list is longer than the list I'm about to give in terms of the talent that guys have. But if one of these golfers does not win, I personally would be pretty shocked. Um, and I'm going to put the number at four golfers that I have in mind. Do you guys want to guess who they are, or should I just say who they are? I think it's pretty obvious. I know, I know three of them. I know three. Yeah. Of them. yeah. I, I okay. think. Well, I I personally would guess Scotty, Rom, Brooks, and if I had to limit it to four, I think you're going to go Cantlay as your fourth. I would. I have the same first three as you, Eddie, and then I would say Hopland as the fourth. Alex is correct. So it is. It is Hovland. Uh, as long as, as, as well as the other three, um, I, again, it's not to say that like a Patrick Cantlay or a Xander, or I spoke previously, Alex, before you got on about how impressed I am with Hatton and his recent form. Um, I, I just do not think it's not to say, I don't think that they can play well or have a good week. It's a combination of what I have seen this year, what I've seen in their careers, um, and being up again. I, I, I just know that one of those three from the top. 
uh, will be in contention uh, on Sunday. And I think that their talent and mental game and their presence uh, at the top of that leaderboard is enough to just make the others um, shy away. And, and I'll put Victor uh, in that category, maybe with a little bit of recency bias, just because he has been playing so well, has the recent win. Um, but I've just been so impressed with him him lately. And, and, I, and I wouldn't, I don't think it would shock me to see him uh, win. So. All right. Well, Alex, you, you agreed with his four. So I'll, I'll go first in talking you out of that. Um, I think your list has to be bigger. Um, I also think that some names at the, at the, you know, mid top of the board are not legit contenders, uh, despite their status. Um, I'm not sure if my list includes Hovland yet. Um, and that's why I left him off there. And I would put, you put it this way. I would put a few guys above him, um, because of the recency bias and because I still, for some reason, don't believe that his short game is not going to hold up with, with everything on the line. Um, but I would certainly put him over, uh, you know, other more famed golfers. And I'm looking at one and one specifically. And like the fact that he's, you know, way lower on the odds boards than Rory is, is crazy to me. Um, but I would also say like the fact that Cam Smith is not higher than him is also crazier to me. So I would definitely put guys above Hovland. And then I think the realistic list of, of real winners, when you factor in, like you said, just, you know, and I sort of had that same factor when I'm thinking of who I think is going to win. Like you need a guy who comes up uh, big in these tournaments is tested. And like you said, has a presence to him when he's playing. And like I said, I think that list has to be bigger than four. Um, and I think few guys are above Hovland. So I don't know if that changes your mind or that's even enough of a disagreement to even be in that category, but that's how I feel about some of those golfers that you mentioned. I don't, crazy. do I have to change yeah, his mind? I guess, I, I guess you don't have yeah. No. If this was the NCAA tournament, I'd be going all chalk. Yeah, I just, I I'm in the same. That, yeah, I'd be, I'm going to be very surprised if those four guys aren't in contention <clears throat> other guys can can be there too but i mean they're the cream of the crop they've been playing the best so far brooks always shows up in the majors yeah scotty i mean he's had putting trouble lately but he's still or the is the pga leader in i think strokes gained off the tee and approach to the green every other category of of statistics basically yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, I, I'm uh, surprised. I'm surprised in the Victor belief more than I am in the belief in all those other guys. Just a little bit, a little bit. I just yeah. Play. yeah, I yeah yeah I I the short game too, but I think that the that other guys that are lower also have deficiencies in their game. Like like I love the two of the guys. So I, a couple of things I've heard this week are number one, it's going to play a little bit more like Augusta national than it is like your typical U S open in that you need uh, the sort of the creativity that you need. And that's why I love, I love Cam Smith this, this week too, but his play off the tee to me is, is just a concern enough to where I, I don't know. I, I hope I'm wrong. And I, I hope he plays really well. I just, um, I don't know. I think I, I think that that Hovland has sort of shown that he he sort of deserves to be in that spot. And then the other one I've heard people talking up a lot is is Jordan Spieth. Um, uh, again, he 
he at times can make golf look so incredibly difficult. And then you're like, Oh, what do you shoot? Oh, 66. Like it's just, it's, it's amazing to me the the way that he plays and the, and the creativity, but he's another guy I'm hearing getting uh, talked up quite a bit this week. They're both at that 30 to one number. Um, So we'll see. We'll see. And the other one's DJ. I I mean, I don't know. I don't want to take it before someone else gets to it here, but he, he's another interesting one to me. Um, I'm not really quite sure to do with him what to do with him this week, to be honest. I will I will touch on him. I'm yeah, again, I don't I don't want to give away the whole the whole set of cards here. I'm a, I'm, all right. I'm a little surprised with the Victor Love there. I'll just leave it at that. I'll leave it at that because I'll get into I'll get into who I sort of like with my my hot take. And and my first hot take is that all the nice guys in this tournament are gonna suck and all the assholes are gonna be in contention. And I do mean all. I'm going to go down the board and tell you who I consider a nice guy. Um, Xander Schauffele, uh, Max Homa, Matt Fitzpatrick, Morikawa, Finau, Fleetwood, Rose. Line all those guys up. Fowler. Ricky? Uh, Ricky, Fowler. Yeah. Yep, he was on my <laughs> list as well. And give me, I want Hatton. I want Brooks. I want John Rahm. I want uh, I want Spieth sort of throwing tantrums on the course. Um, those are the guys that I want this week, uh, and, and that's how I feel this tournament's going to go. Is give me give me all the assholes. Did you just put Spieth on the asshole list? I put him on the asshole list because of his on court on course uh, persona. I just need, and I guess wow. what I mean by an asshole is like I just I want like a killer on the course. Like I, I maybe they're not bad people. But I want the killers. I don't need the nice guys this week. Full swing, full swing really changed Ed's perception of Jordan Speed. And I, he's off the <laughs> I know he's a I know he's a nice guy in real life, but I just first of all, the documentary made him look like a little bit of a brat. But I just think what I was referring to is like I want to see him like screaming at himself at par threes. Like I want to see him miss that 65 yard par three, like uh, miss the green there and like yell at the caddy and move on. Like, yeah, those, those are the guys. And I mentioned DJ, like DJ being another one. Give me, give me all the meanies this week. Alex, you want to take this one? Did I, did I name Rory a nice guy? Cause if I didn't, he's my number one nice guy. He's, you he's did. out this week. You did not, but okay. He's all out. Right. He's back. He's in the nice guy category and he's out as well. Is Victor a nice guy? I guess he has to be in that group, but I think he is nice. I just put him in a legitimate, (laughs) I just put him in a legitimate, uh, a legitimate winner group. I'll go as far as to say this about him. He will finish behind DJ. He'll finish behind speed. He'll finish behind those, those big two. Um, yeah, that, that's what I'll say about him. But I respect the game too much. So right. I, I just like him too much. Side bet after the pot, Eddie. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, I think I'm with you on the nice guys versus assholes finishing positions for the tournament. Right. I think, yeah, I think in a tournament like this, you just need guys that are wired a certain way. And you can flip the switch and just kind of like turn into a psycho on the course and overcome the obstacles that they're going to face. Yeah. I don't know about your Cantley, Shafle, Homa uh, prediction of them not being great, only because they're California boys, mm-hmm. and I think they might just be familiar with the course and the grass. It's and amazing, they might, though. 
it's they might be up code. there. I don't. I think you're probably right. They might be in contention, but I don't think they can get over the hump and go into Terminator mode and like put away Brooks down the stretch or something like that. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw something earlier this week that said uh, athletes win the U.S. Open and showed a bunch of previous winners and just sort of like what they look like. But to me, I thought that was interesting. But your point kind of makes me think or highlight sort of a dif- different aspect of that. But when I consider like athleticism or like a true athlete, and I think this is true maybe even more so in golf it it also has to do with your like added well, Alex you mentioned it like your your attitude and, and I love that phrase flip the switch like these guys just have that killer instinct like when and this is the kind of course and the venue and the setup and the field that's going to require that of them um yeah yeah I like that I like that stuff a lot I um I, I just have and I know you're high on DJ this week. I just haven't, and this is partially on me for not watching enough live coverage and not not following it. But um, I haven't seen that like killer instinct from him quite enough yet. I do think he showed a little bit of it at the PGA, where he seemed like he was like taking it a little bit more. Uh, you know, he just seemed like getting in, a little bit more into it and showing a little more emotion than he normally does. Um, but I hope I hope I'm wrong about that, and I hope he he comes back because DJ is one of my favorite all time um, players for sure. I would love to see him sort of like up towards the top of the leaderboard. I think that would make for a very interesting um, Sunday. You uh, do you disagree with any of those nice guys sucking this week that I mentioned? Um, I'm just gonna merge. I'm gonna merge another one of my hot takes. Like Max Homa outside the top twenty this week. And if I knew, like, I, I don't want to venture to say, like, outside the top 30, I don't think he's going to, like, miss the cut, per se. But for me, I, like, I know the California connection. I know, I know he holds the course record at this course. Um, statistically, he's actually, like, not been great off the tee for, like, a month plus now. And I just, I will never believe it. it I will never believe it that that Homa is going to win a major until I see something resembling that happening. And I haven't even seen that yet. Yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly on um, who who did you just say? Oh, Homa. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, Max I, outside the top twenty, I think is correct. Um, I disagree on Justin Rose. Um, I th- I mean, it depends on what we're talking about. I, I don't think he can win, as I just previously mentioned. There's only four people, but um, <laughs> yeah, my thought think- is like never content, like never be on the first page of the leaderboard, never be in contention, like not. Any of the four days? I, no, I think that I don't think that's correct. I think the Rose, win the tournament. Yeah, no, but I think I think Rose will show up absolutely in, on the first page of the leaderboard. Like one of the first day, I could see for sure, hundred percent. Just the stretch of golf he's been playing this year and and all that type of stuff. Maybe again, like four day tests. Do I think he'll be there on Sunday? No, I don't. But right. um, yeah, I don't know. You like any of the nice guys at all? Are you with me on Max? I know you mentioned his roots earlier. No, I think I think Max is too concerned with his Twitter following. All right. I don't think he can get it done at a major right now. Um, I very much disagree with their Hovland take. Yeah. All right. We're just on a different we're we're I think we may be, and I don't know, maybe you two are thinking one way because I've noticed a couple golfers that you said you guys don't like. I sort of do this week. My focus for some reason is on more so the the short game this week and like around the green and like scrambling and like shot creativity versus T2 green because I sort of don't see a huge difference between that 
that area of of the game for all the top players. And and I think that's where we're getting our swords crossed because I just don't think Hovland is in that same class with some of the guys that I think are going to win the tournament. Yet. Well, that was an interesting phrase uh, to use there, swords crossed, but let's yeah. move on from that. Um, <laughs> so the videos I've seen of the greenside rough, I think are going to kind of level the playing fields in terms of who's really good usually around the green because I just think it's going to be next to impossible to keep the ball close to the hole if you're not hitting the green. It looks pretty gnarly. So I think, you know, if you're missing greens, you're just not going to be in contention. Yeah. yeah. We uh, yeah. we mentioned that Bermuda rough. You mentioned it from the fairway a little bit, Ed, about the just the unpredictability of it. I think that that is unique to Bermuda also around the greens where it, like it can grab at it. It can, it can fly out of there. And I think, I think it's the same. I, I, um, yeah, I, it's always an interesting debate whether that separates good around the green players or if it brings everybody like the bad ones up, you know, everybody closer to the same, same playing field. I don't really know which side I fall on that to be honest, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. All right, I've chosen a side on that argument. It's, I think it's it's shaping our our respective picks here. I want to hear what this side bet is on the air. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, what's your first hot take? Um. Okay, I've got one involving somebody who you should have mentioned on your asshole list. I know because he's be. like the number one asshole. Yep. I know who it's going to be. Um. Phil Nicholson, huge asshole. Yep. Uh, will be in contention, but also that I think the golf world owes him a big apology. Yes. I'm, I, I'm never going to, I'm never going to try to change your mind on that second point. I think I mentioned it last podcast. Like nobody's been more right at every single, basically every single sentence he's ever said about, about professional golf in like the last two years, like he's been right about and dudes owe him a lot of gratitude for the amount of money that they've made and are about to make um, with, with this unlimited funds. I do not think he's going to contend, but I do think he's going to make the cut this week. Does that count as a disagreement? I guess maybe what's, a slight deviation. Yes. Yeah. What Alex, what you think contend, like what, a, what's specific Sunday he'll be in the top 20, only back a couple of shots, have a chance to make a run, something like that. I love. I, I hope that's right. Honestly, just for the yeah, he's gonna go full asshole mode. And he's gonna be there. He's just he's gonna want to stick it to everybody. This is when he's at his best. It's very yeah. true. I also I also think that he will make the cut. Um, I don't know if he will do quite that well. I just fear that. I don't know if he has the game anymore. I hope we'll, we'll see. I think there's with all this stuff coming out he's obviously just like thriving on, on, on every little piece of information that's coming out. And of course there is, this speaks to the huge asshole piece. There's of course a right way to be right and a wrong way to be right. And he is fully embracing the wrong way to be right. And just going for every single, uh, just milking this for all that is worth, which again, he took a lot of flack. So like, I don't 100% blame him for, but uh, that's just kind of the guy that he's turned into. Um, but yeah, just for the ratings, God, I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah. I don't, 
none of none of like the objective pieces make sense that he would be in contention for me but you you may have like been onto something like the the strut that he's going to have walking into that clubhouse this week like may just activate like his superpower and he like throw it back because like like you said like nobody thrives on this this exact situation that he's in right now i just picture him sitting in his bed just smiling every moment he's awake because like it's it's the greatest thing in the world so by that by that measure yeah like i said i can't i can't quite see it i hope for it but i can't quite see it but but you could be onto something with his with his swag this week. Even if he's not, I'll just be super excited to watch him all weekend it's... or however long he's playing. He's gonna have the biggest smile on his face. Yes. He's gonna be around LA, just cheesing at everybody. It's gonna be great. <clears throat> what he did, yeah, what he did last year, obviously with the win at Kiwa, and then all like the, I don't know, like like it was that two? That's a two years ago now. Two years ago is two years, away. yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously went to live shortly after that, and then, uh, I don't know. His game has been like I don't know, but but just to see that second at the Masters and the second at the Masters, yeah, yeah, with that crazy run on Sunday, like yeah, he's knows? been playing. I mean, he's been playing. I mean, I I like he's. I don't think he's a. I don't really don't think he's a realistic contender, but he's been playing. Pretty good, like since since he's come back, like this this new year, he's been pretty good. He was at, he was in you know in the weekend at the PGA, like not you know wasn't was that wasn't a bad performance. I haven't watched his live performances, but yeah, second at the Masters, like in you know in the PGA, like in in the the mix. Um, so I don't know, dude. I, yeah, that that's that's definitely a name to watch. Um. That that is funny what you said, Alex, about the the asshole list though, because when Ed led with asshole list, that is actually the first sing before he named anybody. That is the first person that came to my mind, and then I forgot that he didn't even end up listing it. So he just didn't fit my case. He didn't fit my case, so I tried to leave him out. There are a few, yeah, him and Reed. I probably had to mention if I'm just using that that word, but it didn't golfing perspective. My argument didn't fit my argument. All right, Kev, number two. You got a number two hot take. I do. Um, so these are actually two bets um, that I have already placed. Um, and I don't usually bet stuff like this ever. One of them is a first round leader. Uh, and the other one is a wire to wire bet. So this person's going to lead in all four rounds and win the tournament. Uh, and it's going to be Scotty Scheffler. I just think that um, the, the first of all, the, fir- the the first round leader number is 18 to one, which I think is crazy. And the wire to wire number is 50 to one. Um, and what I will say, um, the we, we've spoken about it at length on this podcast in, in previous episodes and even a little bit tonight as well. Just staggering the recent run that he has been on. S- seemingly impossible in both aspects, the tee to green and ball striking numbers continue to go up impossibly and the putting continues to go down. And I did not think it was possible for either one of those things to continue happening, but they have. And typically like we see with putting struggles of this kind, which I don't know if we've seen them of this kind in any sort of recent memory, we see it like creeping into other parts of the game and affecting you know, in a negative way. And that just does not seem to happen. And I don't know like what kind of mental fortitude this guy must have to not allow that to happen. 
but it gives me the utmost confidence that if he rolls in with whatever putter he's going to roll in on Thursday, which is going to be a new putter, I don't know what it's going to be, but it can, as you said, Ed, it cannot be any worse. Uh, and if he just puts average, I don't worse than average. I don't see how he doesn't just jump out to a nice, like three or four under start, whatever happens to be, and then just coast the rest of the way. And then nobody else catches him. Yeah. That's a, that's a strong take. That's a half strong take. Cause I have, half. I have disagree. Has half disagree. Um, I don't think he can lead wire to wire at a U.S. Open. That's my disagreement. It's just too volatile. But I mean, you said it right. Like if he just putted, if he just putted near average, you know, being the best player in the world, if he just sunk to average as a putter, uh, he would have coasted to even more wins than he already has this season, and he will probably coast to this win too, assuming that again his ball striking can't. It can't be like Tiger level forever here, like better than Tiger level. But even if that falls off, like he's he's always been ultra elite there. So which is why he wins so much. So, yeah, I do see him as obviously a very viable winner. But I just don't I don't think anybody can go wire to wire in a U.S. Open with with just the volatility. And then the skill level that's around them is just tough, too. So I got to I got to change your mind. I'm betting. Well, you've already placed it, but. Don't bet the wire to wire. I love the I love the first round leader play though, but yeah, I can't I can't bet a wire to wire on anybody. I don't hate it. <clears throat> All right, it, I mean it's tough. I mean wire to wire is tough. Uh, what did you say the odds were on that? Fifty to one. Fifty, yeah. Yeah, I mean those are great odds. He's playing so well this season. His worst finish is twelfth, I think. Since last October, his worst finish is twelfth. Yeah, is 12th. yeah <laughs> that's insane. And that's like that. That was sort of my point. It's like it, I agree about the U.S. Open and the volatility, but but what is the word volatility in Scotty's vocabulary True. is not the same as anyone else, right? Like, what True. is he? What's what is his floor? It's just, and again, like, of course, yeah, he probably does. He probably does not go wire to wire. That's why it's fifty to one, right? But yeah. but if his floor is t twelve. Then I'm willing to take a shot with the number, with the odds being that high, you know. All right. I'll also, this is sort of getting into my hot take, but this will also be like a partial disagreement in trying to continue that point about Scotty. Because my next hot take is that Brooks Kepka is going to win this tournament. And then Brooks Kepka is going to end up with the second most majors of all time. Um, and then I guess my further point, my my third corollary will be he will be considered the second best golfer of all time behind presumably tiger because that should be the top of everybody's list but that's my hottest my hottest of the takes so you think he gets more majors than tiger wow i modify i modify all right okay i have forgotten i have forgotten that tiger doesn't hold the record i will modify and just say that he'll be considered the second best golfer of all time and third third most majors I don't know who's I don't know who's in third behind Tiger, but I'm sure it's considerably far. Behind however, Tiger. however far it is, I'll <laughs> I will I will put him there. Okay. I have to look this up. Right I now. think we're looking this it up now. The yeah. hottest okay. take I've ever heard. <laughs> the next is eleven. Scorching hot take. The next is eleven. Who has eleven? That's Walter Hagen. Brooks has five. Fifteen. Ten more is is tough to believe. That would be that would be difficult. He's 33 years old. He pre this one one year of injury filled golf, 
has been at the very top of pretty much every major leaderboard that has been played since he's broken on. That's that's my sort of rationale. And I'm just a big I'm a big believer that he's just full back now. And I like so you know I the, he just was on a press conference a couple hours ago was like trolling the media and like just laughing through the whole thing. I know he ended his press conference with like, all right, thanks guys. I'm going to, I'll see you guys at the travelers next week. And obviously that is not going to happen with him being on live right now, but it's just good that he doesn't, he he's doesn't care about that stuff. And at these tournaments, like, again, we're going to hit on the same point, but like flipping the switch, being a terminator, being like a real athlete, being a presence. Like, I just don't think anybody, anybody's better at that. Yeah. He's going to, um, He's kicking smash GC guys off the team too with these right. these workouts. Yeah, he's gonna <laughs> he's back to these intense uh, intense military workouts. Yeah, no, the in the run the stretch that Brooks has been on has been insane as well. So I saw like numbers as high as like one hundred to one uh, that guys grabbed like over this summer and over the fall on him to win the Masters, which obviously was like a huge sweat down the stretch that just missed. But then for him to then come and win the PGA and then. You know, I, I think it's tough to say now, like where you think that that Brooks, it sounds like it should be shorter odds than John Rahm. You, you think he should be the second favorite behind Scott? I don't, or? I don't think that. I think he's okay. properly placed. Um, okay. I would have been appalled if he was behind anybody else in the field. Like Rory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Rory's just going to be a target tonight, but like I'm looking right at Rory when I say that. And he's been below, you know, he's been below Rory when he's played this year. Um, he was below Rory in the PGA, I believe. I think he's properly placed, but I just think he's going to win. And that's my, that's my sort of, you know, what will springboard him into the hotter part of my take with his, his historical standing. And so he with, needs to get five more majors to be in third place. You said to he, get 11. He needs six, six more to be tied six for third. Clips. Starting, this will be his his next one will be his sixth. He's sitting on five right now. Part of your, the second part of this hot take was that he's going to be the second best golfer of all time. Consensus, like consensus, popular opinion, <clears throat> consensus opinion will be that he's second to Tiger. Because Tiger doesn't have more majors than Jack Nicholas, but I personally think Tiger's better. I feel I like th- yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I think that's the consensus. All right, so how many majors do you think he has to win in the future to be considered the second best golfer of all time? Twelve. He has to get to twelve. Yeah. So he's got to win seven more. Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah. If he gets to twelve, then okay. But still, he's getting to twelve. Jack Nicklaus has eighteen. You're going to say he's better than Jack Nicklaus? I am. Although that'll be a difficult argument to make. Well, you know what? The argument I will make. I'll give I'll give both my strength and my weakness will be that the field is way the field is super duper crazy competitive right now um, in this era. I know that's always sort of a lame argument because it's not. No, I agree. Nicholas's fault that he can't play anybody. But the the downside is, I also think when you're comparing these careers and who knows what's going to happen with this live stuff. But I just don't see that many like wins like that many like regular tour wins um, on Brooks's resume. Like, I do think he sort of just mails it in in most tournaments. But when it's a major or a tournament that he likes, like, he he just usually just goes and wins it or comes close. So, all right. So, yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll give my take on this one. So, <clears throat> to change your mind about this, um, like you said, the competition is a lot stronger now for Brooks. Brooks 
I think is the ultimate asshole, like Terminator killer that we were talking about earlier. Yep. Um, and it's great. Uh, he's super entertaining. But he's going up against Scotty Scheffler, who we said is his worst finish since last October is 12th. He's going up against John Rahm. And then all the other guys who are coming up who are playing really well. So seven more majors, I don't think that he can do it. If he did get seven more majors, I would say that he'd have to be in the conversation as second best golfer of all time. But I think the competition is too strong and they're going to take some away and not allow him to get that seven. He, I mean, he has to pass <laughs> the list of major winners ahead of him, right? It's wild. Seven, Steros, Phil Mickelson, Nick Faldo, Arnold Palmer, Tom Sam Snead, Bobby Jones. That's crazy. Tom ben Watson, Hogan. Ben Hogan. You ever heard of that guy? I have. Okay. I know all this. I know all this. I, I also think like unlike to, to counter the point that the field is super strong, and it is, by the way, but I think that some of the majors eliminate some of these guys all the time. Like I don't think any major eliminates Scheffler or Rom or Will in the foreseeable future. But like a, a dude like, well, I was gonna say a dude like Max Homa, but a dude can't like Max Homa can't win any major. But like there are certain majors that like Morikawa just like won't be able to win that that will just like favor favor like the you know the the US again I'm gonna contradict myself I know he has an Open Championship win but that was in a year with literally no wind in a tournament that has only had wind in its entire history any US any Open Championship with wind um, will will eliminate a bunch of guys um, and he has the game that that translates to literally every every single course like he just doesn't really have a, a weakness so i think that gives him an advantage too i i don't know it's a hot take but uh, yeah i don't I, I don't know i don't think he can i don't think he will win seven more um i think it'll be less i think he could i think he for sure could get could he get, five. could he get the career grand, grand get, slam? He can get the career slam. Um, and I think he even wins as many as like four or five more. Um, it, it's also just for me objectively very difficult to come. Alex Alex rattled off that list of all of all the different major guys, and it's just for me very hard to compare the guys that we're watching currently to those yeah. guys right like the hype yeah. is just so much more now and and the technology and and the way these guys are playing is just so different to the what those guys played that came before them so it's hard for me to say like who who of the best golfer is i i will always think it's tiger woods but in terms of like ranking people underneath that i think it's just hard to compare like apples to apples so that part that part i just don't know about i don't necessarily disagree with but i don't think i'm educated or informed enough to have a opinion on that but i think i think the major numbers i i see brooks falling like or landing somewhere between like five and ten for his career um i probably now nah, i'll say seven and ten i think he wins at least four is like two more i would say yeah. all right all right hey it's a hot take and you get hotter than that with your next pick right there <laughs> I don't think anyone can get hotter than that. That's, honestly, that that wins the hottest. Day. Well, in fairness, when the, when it first came out, we thought you were you were saying that he was better than Tiger, so that's why. <laughs> I, I just take out I take out every other golfer, and I just assume Tiger has the most of everything, even though he's he's just short of the most of everything. All right, 
well, yeah, I'm glad we got clarification on that quickly because my brain broke for a few seconds. Alex, you, those of you listening at home cannot see, but that Alex's eyes were, <laughs> were huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So my, I, yeah, Alex, I don't know if you, you have one. I don't, I don't have any more personally. So if you have more, right. I got a couple. I've got a few questions about the odds on this tournament. And I have, I mean, I have a hot take. I, I don't know if it's a hot take. I have a take though, because I was watching some videos today of Bryson DeChambeau. Yes. Um, so skinny Bryson is more annoying than fat Bryson. Yes. And I'm going to call him fat Bryson because he called himself fat. Yeah. So I don't want to take any flack for that. <laughs> called himself fat. Um, and then he said he hit 450 balls on the range today. That's a six hour, like a five to six hour endeavor. So just lying as usual with like, I feel like every single thing he says golf related is made up, which is, I just can't with him. He, he I want to be, I, I mean, I'm very annoyed by him all the time <laughs> and I would like him to not be good. So I'm fearing that he is now going to be good or better than he has been in the past couple of years. I've loved that he has stunk since he won the U.S. Open because uh, he's a fake smart guy, okay? Yes. He thinks he's a smart guy. He's, mm, I don't think he, yeah, I think he's a little bit crazy. He might be a little bit delusional. Yep. I, I like when he is struggling and like going through stuff. And I don't I feel bad saying that, but I also think that he's kind of an asshole, so I don't feel that bad. But I think new skinny Bryson is gonna be even more annoying than old fat Bryson. This is a this is a take I could not I could not agree with more, could not have said it better myself. I think he is like Kyrie intelligent, like just fake, entirely fabricated, uh, trying to attempt to sound intelligent, uh, intelligent. Um, and the more you just listen, the more stupid it gets. Um, I'm looking at his odds right now. He's in front of a golfer that I picked to win this tournament uh, in one of my bets. Uh, he's in, in front of a bunch of golfers that are just way better than him. But with that said, um, the two times he's played in the majors this year, it sort of looks okay, and that is that is worrisome. Do you think has he? Are you scared that he has a chance to win this week? Is that why you brought that up? He shouldn't have a chance, but yes, I I am scared because he shouldn't have won the U.S. Open a couple of years ago when he won, but he did this year. I don't, you know, same kind of thing. I don't know if he – he obviously can't hit it as far as he was hitting it when he was, like, 250 pounds and, you know, looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger swinging a golf club. Right. Fat <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger swinging, swinging a golf club. But, um, yeah, no, I don't – I don't want to see it. I, I, I am hoping – I'm a little bit fearful, but uh, I'm not too worried because he described his golf game – today as if he was trying to catch a balloon that was floating through the air but he wasn't quite tall enough to grasp it 
that, that was a quote from it. He quote that's, he that's, that? a, that's a that's a legit quote. I yeah. Well. Yeah, he said he what was trying it? to figure stuff out and uh that he couldn't catch, but it's right within his grasp, but he can't quite get it. What what does that mean? If you hadn't heard what that how that was explained and somebody I've never heard of never heard of that before. If I if I said I was at work and I just felt like I was trying to catch a balloon, but I wasn't tall enough and it just kept floating away, what would you think I was trying to convey to you? I, it, it's, I would say you, you, know need some, you need some time off. Yeah, just take some time and get it back together. Yeah, I have a there's a, a podcast that I listen to that I that I really like that they also love to make fun of Bryson and back in back in the heyday when he was just delivering uh, content on a regular basis, they put out um, a t-shirt, which was like a, um, a science beaker, but filled with chocolate milk with like a straw coming out of it when he was in like the bulking days, which is just great. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, everything it seems like he says and does is like for his brand. And I don't even know what his brand is. Cause he's like changed it and modified it so many times, but yeah, I, I, I just, um, I don't think it, it the way you said it, Alex. I I agree with what you said. It's nice to see him like kind of struggle with that kind of stuff, and I don't think it's nice to say that about anybody. But he <laughs> brings it upon himself more than any human being that I've ever seen. So uh, I think it's kind of warranted a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I would love for somebody to ask him. Well, hey, Bryson why aren't you fat anymore? Like, did you realize that that was a stupid idea? Like everybody else was telling you for three years or did you just, I don't know. You didn't want to keep eating like a maniac. Do you want his <laughs> actual explanation? Cause I, he gave it. You have it. I have, I, I don't have it quote word for word, but I know what he said he did is he took some weird test that found that he was allergic to some foods. And I know this exists by the way, cause I'm getting one in the near future. I'm calling, I'm calling bullshit already. So, but what he said about it is it tells you foods that are like your natural inflammatories. And he said that he stopped eating those inflammatories. And I, I don't want to get the time frame right, but said he lost something like 25 pounds in three days. And that's when I was like, did, did you have to lie about that? You have to like, we could just believe that you changed your diet and people would think that's true. Like, why did you have to go the extra step and say you lost 25 pounds in some like ridiculously short on? unbelievable in the literal sense like like length of time like that's just a lie that's what it's I just does like it's it's just all fake it's all yeah. phony. yes he's the ultimate fugazi definitely that's right. all right i love that take that's that's not even yeah that's that's a hot take that's not a heart take in this in this meeting room right here um all right all my i don't have any hotter take than my brooks take but i want to just rattle through some of my favorite bets of this week um, because I think they tie in to some of some like opinions I have about the field and my favorite bet of this week. And I've already placed it is uh, just under three and a half to one. It's positive three forty, And it's that the winner of this tournament will come from live. That's I guess another half hot take, but also another sort of bet that covers a lot of the guys that I think are favorites. And obviously I touched on Brooks. I touched on DJ. I touched on Cam Smith. Um, those are three guys that I also have outrights on. Um, at, I think Cam Smith is 30. DJ, I think is 35. And then Brooks is 12. Um, 
I think if you had to give me the whole field without odds, I would have said Brooks. But another outright that I have that I sort of thought was pretty interesting was Joaquin Neiman. He's at 90 to one. Um, and he's a guy that doesn't have a major win yet, but I found that he has his most success on the most difficult courses. That's really my only uh, my only piece of evidence to support that. Um, but I'll just fold him into that bet. And again, like you mentioned, Phil has been playing some decent decent golf. And then another guy that plays well uh, on bad on tough courses and is sort of another major um, major factor is Pat Reed. And as much of a, a douchebag as he is, like he sort of finds himself in contention. Uh, he was a top top 10 at the Masters, uh, made the cut at the PGA, and again, like a short game extraordinaire. So if that's the part of the tournament that I'm focusing on, um, yeah, I think that's I think that's a great value in getting all of those guys as potential winners at at three, you know, just under three and a half to one. Did you find uh is the was the live bet an actual play that you made, or or that's just something that you think happens? An actual play that I made. What it, what were the odds on that? Three three forty for any any live winner. Oh, it could be any it could be any live winner, not just the three you mentioned. Anybody from live. Yeah, okay, I have yeah. that. I have that bet coming up as well. But this is uh, this encompasses all of the live guys. Um. Yeah. I I like the, those couple a little bit longer shots you made. I think Neiman is a great call. Um. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on on Patrick Reed and his uh? his chances come in this weekend. You, you think he has a, sh- a shot? No. I don't think much of a shot to win, but yeah, I think okay. like a shot to be in the top 20, be in the top 15. Um, but like not, you know, I, I don't know. He doesn't really factor into that bet for me, but I just know he's had success. So could be a guy that could creep into the top 10. Yeah. And I also, I would love the storyline too. I guess half that bet is for chaos, chaos sake. Back to back live major champions. That's right. That's right. I'm rooting for chaos. I'm down yeah. with that. Yeah. There Especially hasn't been getting... much drama in the past couple of majors. You know, by like the twelfth hole, they were pretty much wrapped up. Um, so any kind of fireworks and suspense down the stretch, I welcome. I think Patrick Reed, I mean he finished like fourth in the Masters. I think he always comes to play in these events. So, yeah, he might be in contention. And I I like that bet only because I think Brooks is going to win. Yeah. And he's on live. Yep. Yep. He's my he's my biggest – I mean, he's my biggest outright. I know DraftKings was offering, like, an odds boost. Like, I took the odds boost on him. Like, I just – I think he's – I don't think you can run away with a U.S. Open, but I think it may be one of those scenarios where he's walking down the 15th with, like, no drama, unfortunately. Like, I'm just – I'm all in. I'm all in. And crazily enough, like all the stuff I've read, like nobody's really been on him. So I, I just don't get it that, you know, that as well. Maybe it's just like not, I don't know. Not enough. I think that changes. Off, I think that changes this week. Like I, I think more enough people were on him at the PGA, not a, an insane number. I, I remember saying myself, I don't, I wasn't sure because with the Masters finish and the mental stuff that we had like been going off of for the previous year and a half and this was myself included and i was wrong i think people were still questioning like how that master's outcome was going to weigh on him and he came and and obviously proved that it did not um and i think for that reason a lot of people are on are feeling the same way that you are this week you know 
Yeah, that's my that's my biggest my biggest play. I mentioned some of the outrights there. Anybody want to throw one in the in the ring here? Well, so somebody who's, who has good odds, who I think is going to just miss the cut. Oh I yeah, I got a couple. I got a couple that, that I think mm-hmm. for missed the cut. Yeah, I got. Um, Let's empty out that bag. I I got Tommy Fleetwood for one. I just think um, with the ending on Sunday, I, I I feel really bad for him, but I I just uh, I think it's got to be weighing on him um, quite a bit, and I I I unfortunately just don't think he. Uh, bounces back and responds really well from that. So I see him uh, probably struggling and and probably missing the cut. Um, very sad. Makes me very I know. sad. I know. Um, and then the other one, well, too, I, Rory, it would not shock me if Rory missed the cut. Uh, I probably won't play it, but um, would not be surprised. And then Morikawa, we don't know. The back spasms is always such a weird one. We saw him withdraw this week. You know, after, I mean, he was in contention, right? Like he was probably up there towards on the live leaderboard heading into Sunday as guys in contention to win. So that's got to be a concern. The fact that he would withdraw, you know, at that point in the tournament, you don't typically see that. You don't typically see guys setting back spasms when they're in contention on Sunday. Like you see them setting back spasms when they're plus 14 on Thursday. So for it to be... (laughs) For it to be that at that point has me worried. Now, again, back spasms are the kind of thing that can go away in 48 hours or 24 hours, whatever it is, but they also are unpredictable and can come back. So, um, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't be shocking to me to see more Kawa play well, but, um, has me concerned with, with his sort of state of, of, of his game. Alex, who's yours? DJ. Oh, miss. Man. <laughs> oh, man. Two and a half yeah. to one to miss the cut for DJ. I We're on different sides of this. We're on different sides of this entirely. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. I just feel like he hasn't had his stuff lately. It's basically gut instinct and probably a little bit um, that you're on him this week. All right. <laughs> so maybe just biased. Um, like yeah, I mean, he finished 55th in the PGA Championship. His last live event, he finished 23rd. It's uh, so I don't know. I'm probably wrong else. about that one, but uh, yeah, I have a feeling him Morikawa. I think his back is going to act up again. And yes. uh, Terrell Hatton, I think, is his brain is gonna explode and he's just gonna not be able to overcome that and he's gonna fall you know fall down in the rankings and miss the cut <clears throat> i think the rough is gonna get to him that you think hatton misses yeah yeah wow all right i get the mental part i th- i also think that's i mean there are definitely doubles and triples in the cards for him but he's been making so many birdies that i i don't know he'd have to he have he would have to and also has the potential to have like an all-time combustion. Um, but if that's going to happen to somebody, it's going to be him. Um, I like Sungjae to miss the cut. Um, just been in weird, weird form with his irons, uh, has lost strokes in his last few starts uh, in that category, which he is normally elite in. 
And if he's not going to be elite in that, he, he's not really elite in anything else. So that that's concerning to me. Um, that's at positive 170. Um, and I think that's mm, and another one I'm gonna put on there is is Finau at two to one to miss the cut. And I just think that's uh that's another sort of one of those nice guy major plays. And then if you know, if people are gonna get punished around the green and not really have the short game to make up for that, like Tony's sort of a candidate to be a be a victim of that. Sort of how I feel about him. I got uh, go ahead. Ed. You, no, I was going to say I was going to move on, but if you got if you got a differing opinion on Tony, there, I got no, no. I w- I was going to ask you about your Sam Burns thoughts. Oh, uh, I I can't. I'm not on him in either direction this week. I just I never get him right. He's you know, I don't either. It makes me think though. I'm like coming off the miscut. I would I would never. It, it makes me almost more inclined to be on him. I think after, off the miscut, just like because reverse. of the un- yeah, the unpredictability yeah. factor. But yeah, I was just curious if you had uh, thoughts on him. I have okay. no. I I literally I have th- I just my thought is I have no idea, and I I don't know how to. None nothing logical makes sense with him, so I've I've always been wrong. I'm putting this in a sort of hot take bet. There's no odds for it, but I'll sort of reflect it in how I play. I think JT finishes higher than Rory this week. Um, and I know I mean, that that shouldn't be out of the question, but given their form this season, um, even in Rory, with all of Rory's struggles, like he's just racked up like top 10 and top five after top 10 and after top five. Um, JT missed the last cut at the uh, PGA, missed it at the Masters. Um, but this is sort of a tournament, I think, that fits his um, – a tournament that will let him play how he needs to play to play well – um, there's going to be a lot of shot shaping, a lot of weird shots he can hit, uh, a lot of creativity. And I sort of think when he can play that type of game and just sort of do everything on the fly, uh, it may play more to his strengths. Um, and then, yeah, I'm just every time I told Kev this off off stream, but every time I think about going back on Rory, I'd like to just be slapped and reminded why I'm always out. And I think that's my opinion on him until further notice. Like I'm just not jumping back on that bandwagon maybe ever, but I, like you can't fool me, you know, eight times in a row and, and I can take it. So. So I tried this past week, I tried um, this app called uh, jock market, which is basically where you can like buy shares of, of any athlete that you want, but I've been doing it for golf. And basically the way it works is you get the guy at a price and his price correlates to like a finishing value um, so this week is my first time using it. I'm still trying to like get used to it and learn how, how it works, but I, I shorted Rory, which basically means that I was, I was picking him to finish worse than his expected value, which was T eight. And so obviously if you watch the tournament this weekend, as it's playing out, like moving into Sunday, I'm like, oh, like, I'm just, I hate him even more now. Cause he's playing super well. Like you think he's going to be in contention. Like he's, he might go, go out and win and then just gets himself like pretty much almost dropped from the TV coverage on Sunday. Like, and so it ends up actually panning out pretty like better than I was expecting. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's the, that's the, that's the real concern is like, we're seeing, a lot not just even flashes like we're seeing stretches of like his good play in tournaments um but it's the cl- the lack of like closing out and wins and hasn't won a major in a decade and and I, and the other side of that is waiting 
for JT to make his first cut at a major at this stage yeah. is also is also a shocking statement. Um, so I don't know. That's what that is a bold take out of uh, but uh wouldn't I don't know if it'll happen for sure, but definitely would not be the most shocking thing in the world for me. Why is he priced lower than Bryson in this tournament and Cam Young and Fleetwood and Finau? Like I know he's yeah. been struggling, but it's it's pretty oh, JT, I mean. Why is why are his odds yeah, short, shorter? Yeah, to see him that like like below these guys on the odds board just based on reputation alone. I mean, I know the form's been crazy, but it feels it feels like the the caliber of player is just so much higher than those guys. I'm not. I don't think I'm out uh, on him outright this week, but like three and a half to one in the top ten is pretty good for me. I sort of like his individual matchups too. I just think this is sort of will be his arrival party back to like you know, back to a competent golfer. Let's just set, let's start, let's start with that and then go from there. And then, I, you know, this is a major week. So I got to give the, uh, the, the bet your mortgage uh, pick of the week. I have a bet your mortgage pick uh, the, my, my ultimate confidence. Um, it is my favorite bet of the week. Uh, and it is two twenty five. Uh, it positive two twenty five, two and a quarter to one. And it is a triple chance on Scotty, Rom, and Brooks to win the tournament. And I just don't, I don't know how you can go wrong with those three. So if I had to put my ultimate confidence, which I'm doing on a pick, that's where it is for me this week. I like that bet more than anything else. I like it better more than the live bet, but just being able to get my my personal, you know, my personal winner. And then for me, like the other two alternate, um, candidates is too good to pass up so if you want to go i like that i i wish the odds were a little bit higher yeah Yeah. but um john rock on the west coast like a sneaky loves west coast golf yeah i think you would have to say that if zero of those three guys were in contention on Sunday, it would be a truly shocking outcome. Like that, that is a shocking result. Um, And for that reason, like I, yeah, I, I like to play. Um, I, I think there's a small chance that maybe, um, as I said before, I think Hovland's got a shot to win again. Like I don't, there's other guys with the talent to win, but but again, from a intimidation and and just what those guys bring, uh, those three are at the top, um, head and shoulders. I I think the 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 number between Brooks and Rory is twelve to one and fourteen to one, and in my That's... mind, the the gap between those two not not even from a talent perspective, just it is the guy going to win. In my mind, they are very far apart, um, and that might be unfair to say. I I don't know, but that's that is how I feel. No, I agree with you. You you got me looking up. By the way, the, like uh, now I'm on the page where it's to miss the cut odds, and I'm looking at Hovland, and I'm I'm like ready to push in just the totally opposite direction. Like he shouldn't be in this discussion. He shouldn't be in this discussion. Like not with those three. You're gonna bet him to miss the cut. What's no, the I can't. Miss? I can't. It's three. It's I'll three, take that action. Three thirty. <laughs> okay. I can't. I. I don't think he's gonna miss the cut, but I just think he's just far outside of that conversation of like those top three, 
and you guys don't, which is reasonable, but I just, we're on different I, ends of this. Again, I, so again, the, in the same way that I will say that, okay, when I'm comparing like Rory and Brooks from a pure like golf talent perspective, Rory might be more talented than Brooks. Like he, his golf game alone might be more than what Brooks, I don't, or, they're, or they're equal, right? Yeah. But I, I view them very differently. I, I view Victor very differently than those three as well from I, I view him sm- from a talent golf talent talent perspective. He is inferior to those three, not by a vast amount, I don't think, but certainly yeah. inferior. But in my mind, he is just a, a guy I think that can not only can, but a guy that I'm wouldn't be shocked to see win this week. Um, yeah, and I would be more shocked if if Cantlay won than Victor won. Or if if Xander won, or if Max Homo won. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> All um, right, I, I just would. Yeah. I don't know. All right, I just got I got guys ahead of him. I got guys ahead of him. I just I, I'm just don't trust it around the greens. I don't trust it against somebody uh, with a greater stature than Denny McCarthy. Like down the stretch, like I just yeah, what we we see this dude differently. But all right, so that's that's the play. The people the people are gonna watch and see. Victor is the I'm looking at a special that's Scheffler, Rom, and Brooks all to finish in the top five. That's 30 to one. Oh all three of them have to finish in the top five. Yeah. Interesting. I was like, wait a second, why is that higher (laughs) off? Interesting. Yeah, I don't know which I don't know which one of those I like more. To be quite honest, I think I like the thirty to one odds on the second one, but yeah, there's just not a lot of room in the top five to have all three of those guys in the top five. Also, would be just oh, the drama, <laughs> amazing TV, just amazing TV. <laughs> all right, any other uh, any other quick hitters before we go? Any other favorite bets here? What's our what's our uh, what's our wager? Alex, let's get it out out in public. I think I know who is going to revolve around. Hovland finishes better than DJ. I'm not ready to go there. What? But you know where I'm ready to go. I'll go Spieth over Hovland. Way lower, not way lower. Yeah, way lower on the. Board. I don't want to be. I don't want to be rooting against Spieth. I either just want to go Hovland and finishing position, or Hovland versus DJ or something like that. All right. Cam Smith, another guy I'll take over Hovland. You like yeah, that? Yeah, okay. All right. I like Cam Smith in front of Hovland. Yeah, right sure. Yeah, okay, good. <clears throat> All right. All right, that'll be out there out there for the most pride you can when you're blasting it out to the entire entire world. So All right, guys, like this was uh this is a pretty good segment. Appreciate that. Alex, thanks for uh thanks for hopping on again. We will uh we'll see you in a few weeks at the Open for another another uh weird draft. And um, yeah, man, happy betting, happy, uh, you know, like I said, my favorite tournament of the, of the major season. So hopefully we get a good one. Good stuff. Thanks boys. Go Vic the dick.